Hello, I'm John Rossi, a touring drummer with a love of all things animal. When I'm on the road, I visit as many zoos, aquariums... Hey, wait a minute. What's going on? Hey, what's going on there? Hello? Hello? We interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you Rossafari Zoo News. News you can use from the world of zoos and conservation. Every week, we bring you breaking news and analysis from around the globe, featuring the animals you love and the people who care for them. And here's your anchorman, John Rossi. Hello, 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 and welcome to this episode of Rossafari Zoo News, which is a bonus episode, but also a normal regular episode, because I didn't end up putting out a normal regular episode on Friday, because I ended up doing a special episode that I didn't mean to be a special episode. And uh, for those of you who are still with me, welcome. Um, so yeah, a uh, quick heads up on what you're listening to in case you missed Friday's episode or whatever. Um, I ended up doing a deep dive into one particular story that I wanted to talk about on Zoo News this week. And it ended up being a super deep conversation with a bunch of people, and I had some audio sent in and, and talked to some people, and it ended up taking up the whole episode. But uh, I did promise that I would do um, some additional Zoo News for my normal Zoo News fans, and so that's what you're now getting to here. Uh, I will be upfront with you. This is not going to be a super long episode. Ya boy is exhausted. I'm... Oh my gosh, this is not fake. I am literally trying not to fall asleep as I as I speak this. Um I have been traveling this weekend and I spent a bunch of time with Miles and I have barely slept and I am in the process of trying to buy a new car and um all kinds of stuff. Uh, also, you may remember that grad school uh, started up for me again recently. So I just finished some homework about an hour ago. And now I'm going to try and throw this together for those of you who who want it and love it. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be short, but it's going to be something. And, and that's what I got right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be sharing this this stuff with you. But uh, just understand where I am am coming from. And the stories that don't make it this week will be, you know, up for next week's as well. That's the beauty of news. It's not like it disappears after a week. I'm rambling. Am I rambling? I'm rambling. Anyway, so what I wanted to tell you quick before we get to the stories, you know, other than all of the stuff that I just told you, is that um, the Fashion Week episode has now become officially my most commented on episode by fans. I heard from so many of you that uh, it has honestly blown away every interview episode and every Zoo News episode, all of them. It's, it's, it's been insane. I have been so happy to hear from so many of you. And honestly, uh, there was only one response to it that was kind of negative and it wasn't actually based on the episode it was 
just based on uh, a person who works in the fashion industry not being a fan of the fashion industry. So yeah, I will take that, and I will take that as a sign from all of you that you would like me to do more deep dives like that from time to time. Don't worry, I'm not going to change up the Zoo News format regularly. I know that those of you who are into Zoo News are like really into Zoo News. You have made that very clear to me. But every once in a while, I think I'll take a time and do a deep dive when the opportunity presents itself, because it was a lot of fun for me, and also y'all seem to really love it. So there will be more of those coming down the road from time to time. I I am sure. But for now, let's get to your truncated but still lovely Zoo News. So uh, you may remember from a previous Zoo News episodes that there was some weirdness going on at the Dallas Zoo. Um, a clouded leopard got out of its exhibit and it turned out that the exhibit had been vandalized and cut open. And also a monkey habitat had also been cut open, although nobody got out from that one. So it was, uh, you know, still a big deal, but they didn't have to worry about any escaped animals. Well, shortly after all of that happened, the zoo announced the uh, unexpected loss of their 35-year-old lappet-faced vulture named Pin, uh, who was at the Dallas Zoo for 33 years, um, siring 11 offspring and even having his first grandkid back in early 2020. Uh, this is really, really sad, not only because, you know, first of all, it was an animal dying. Second of all, there are only about 6,500 lappet-faced vultures left on Earth and are um, currently listed as endangered but expected to be considered critically endangered soon. And they are just really awesome birds. But on top of that, uh, it turns out that the circumstances of the death were highly unusual, and the death does not appear to be from natural causes. Uh, as such, the Dallas Police Department was uh, involved by the zoo, and of course the, uh, the, the investigation is ongoing, so they're not releasing any more information at that time. But they have announced that uh, with all of these things going on, the zoo has added additional cameras throughout the zoo and increased on on-site security patrols during the overnight hours. This is astonishing to me. Speculation has been running rampant online that it might be a uh, disgruntled employee or something like that. And, you know, I suppose that no stone should be left unturned. However, knowing keepers that I know, even ones that are not happy with their facility or whatever, I just... I don't know. I have a hard time imagining that, though. I guess you could argue that there are plenty of staff that aren't keepers and stuff. But also knowing those people that we've had on the podcast that fit those roles, I also can't imagine that any of those types of people would be doing it. But I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. You know, other people are saying maybe it is um, animal rights activists trying to show that, you know, zoos are bad because these animals escape and die when, you know, can you imagine killing an endangered animal to try to 
prove that point. Uh, that's just that's just a sickness if that is the case. But again, we we don't know. Um, and, you know, speculating doesn't help anything. I'm only pointing out that these are some of the speculations that I have seen online. But the truth is we don't know. We may never know. It could just even be some weird fluky things. I mean, not the vandalism, but that incident by itself and Penn's death by itself could just be flukes. We really don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I would encourage everyone to keep their eyes on this, but also not to speculate too much. And no matter what you think, and no matter what the end result is, the Dallas Zoo as a whole is not to be blamed. There are people there who are very scared for their animals, who are very confused, and who are just trying to go about doing their jobs, taking care of these incredible animals the best they can while facing a weird, unprecedented thing. So uh, sending all my love and condolences to the entire staff at the Dallas Zoo and really, really hoping that the Dallas PD is able to get to the bottom of this one. On a wildly, wildly lighter note, uh, Fiona the Hippo at Cincinnati uh, celebrated her sixth birthday with her bloat, her care team, and a cake made with all of her favorite foods. Um, it is really adorable, and it's just nice to to see Fiona at six years old when, you know, she really probably shouldn't have made it to six months old. What an awesome ambassador for her species. And on an even lighter note than a um, hippo's birthday party, if you can imagine such a thing, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. And whether you love or hate Valentine's Day, there is a fun way to make a donation to many zoos out there and, and also have a good time while doing so. Many zoos, including Lehigh Valley Zoo, the Bronx Zoo, and uh, many others are allowing you to name a bug after your ex. You can either name a Madagascar hissing cockroach after your ex or just after your loved one. Maybe that's one they're doing at the Bronx and, and maybe you can, uh, you know, maybe you have a loved one who would like that. I would actually love for somebody to name a cockroach, you know, after me or even after Ross Safari. How cool would that be? But like at Lehigh Valley Zoo, you can name a cricket after your ex and then that cricket will get fed to an animal that eats crickets and so yeah there there's a lot of fun bug naming happening around valentine's day so check out your local zoo and uh, if they don't do it check out lehigh valley or bronx zoo and uh, maybe you can name a bug either after your loved one for a weird gift or after an ex uh, to make them a tasty treat for an animal that you like more than them since I know you all are just as obsessed with tree kangaroos as I am, Port Moresby Nature Park has announced that their tree kangaroo, Joey, is now starting to take his own steps outside of the pouch. Um, in comparison, the one at Roger Williams Park Zoo, Paya, has still not uh, started doing so. Um, and it's, it's just adorable. If you aren't looking at uh, at RWP Zoo on Instagram or searching Roger Williams Park Zoo on Facebook and seeing the reels of their Joey you're missing out um but yeah so that joey still isn't moving the one at port moresby is and um yeah it's all just really fun and exciting to see the awesomeness that is tree kangaroo joey's coming into their own in the world 
On a side note, if you follow the Instagram at Ross Safari, then you know that I like to post pictures of the tree kangaroo joey that just turned a year old at the Bronx Zoo uh, from when I first saw that joey. And um, it, it turns out that, uh, you know, that that little kiddo is almost the same size as mom now, but they're still hanging out together. So it's very cute to see. Basically, my point is tree kangaroos are awesome. That's that's the news story. Tree kangaroos rock. The Toledo Zoo has put out a call for creative artists and skilled makers to take part in Wild About Art. Applications must be submitted online uh, by Monday, April 24th. So, um, though they do know that uh, art does not have to be animal related, although I think it should be, but I think everything should be animal related. So if you are an artist, go and check out the Toledo Zoo and learn more about Wild About Art. I need to take a minute at this time to send congratulations to my good friend, Lauren. Lauren is a voice that you have heard in the background of many episodes of the podcast because she does the uh, PR and marketing work at Adventure Aquarium, and she is the person who worked with me to set up that amazing five-episode series that we did all about sharks and sea turtles and hippos and jellies and all the cool things at Adventure Aquarium, right? And actually, I can tell you right now that we're already talking about figuring out how to partner moving forward. And basically, to me, that just means more episodes. I don't know what she's thinking. But anyway, Lauren is not only really cool and really good and really supportive of the podcast, but also one employee of the year at Adventure Aquarium. She has really revolutionized their social media. And again, if you're not following at Adventure Aquarium, I don't even know why you're sitting here. Go do that. Um, but she manages to combine her love of showing off the aquarium, the people who work at the aquarium, and um, doing a lot of education with, uh, I would say, a good bit of chaos and and humor. Um, I, I you know, and there there's a lot of that in those those uh, the reels, especially that she posts. They're just incredible. But I think she's brought a lot of really important things to light at the aquarium, and people really seem to love them. And I'm just so proud of Lauren for being so awesome and and earning employee of the year. I mean, who would expect that at an aquarium? You would think that it would be, I don't know, an aquarist or a sea turtle or something. I, I love you, Lauren, but I would have voted for a sea turtle. But anyway, congrats, Lauren. That's really exciting. The Los Angeles Zoo announced the death of 61-year-old Jewel, the oldest Asian elephant in the zoo's care due to declining health. Um, unfortunately, she was not doing very well, and um, the vet team worked with the animal care teams to uh, provide her intensive supportive care, but um, they ended up needing to make the decision to compassionately euthanize her. And Jewel uh, was hanging out with her companion, Tina, who was a 57-year-old elephant. And uh, they were actually living together for 30 years under private ownership before they went to uh, the Los Angeles Zoo. Um, at the time, they were besties. And um, even uh, at the end of her life... Um, Tina spent time 
comforting and touching and smelling and just standing with Jewel as Jewel was declining. It's it's a beautiful thing. Um, and actually, this this elephants just blow my mind. Um, uh, the day after Jewel passed, Tina was uh, suddenly seen socializing and touching trunks and even eating with uh, Shanzi, uh, another elephant that lives at the zoo. Um, even though Tina and Shanzi had never actually been particularly close before or showing any of those behaviors before. So I think Shanzi understood what was happening and and uh, was was helping take care of Tina. And, you know, we talk about anthropomorphism and the, the good and bad side of it on this podcast a lot. But in this case, I, I don't even think it's that. I think that that is truly what was happening. These are intelligent, compassionate, beautiful animals. And I'm just so thankful that the Los Angeles Zoo was able to to give such an incredible life to this beautiful, long-lived elephant. Thank you and condolences to everyone at the zoo. And last but not least in zoo news, Travelers Worldwide has come out with their list of the 14 best zoos in the United States, and they list them alphabetically which I like instead of making it a total competition. Um, as I say with all of these things, you know, take with uh, a grain of salt, but I actually thought it was a pretty good list. So in alphabetical order, according to this one organization, here are the 14 best zoos in the United States. The Audubon Zoo in New Orleans. The Bronx Zoo in the Bronx, New York. Brookfield Zoo in Chicago. Cheyenne Mountain Zoo in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The Cincinnati Zoo in Ohio. The Columbus Zoo in Ohio. The Dallas Zoo in Texas. The Denver Zoo in uh, Colorado. Henry Dorley Zoo in Omaha, Nebraska. Zoo Miami in Florida. The National Zoo in Washington, D.C. The Philadelphia Zoo in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The St. Louis Zoo in Missouri. And the San Diego Zoo in California. So there is that list. Conservation, conservation, news time. Oh, yeah. Two whales recently washed ashore, um, and uh, it was pretty unexpected. One was a male sperm whale, and one was a baby gray whale, and necropsies have now been performed on both. On the baby gray whale, the cause of death was not determined, but um, they are going to continue to try to figure that out uh, using samples of tissue, blood, and fluids. Um, but they do know that the whale died shortly after birth. Uh, for the full-sized male sperm whale, it was, you got it, a ship strike. Other than that, the whale was completely healthy and had a stomach full of various species of squid beaks. In other words, this was a whale living its best whale life until humans humaned, and I always hate to hear about that. Recently, a female northern bald ibis has been spotted in Croatia which is particularly excited because the northern bald ibis is considered extinct in Croatia. So now the uh, government of Croatia is asking people to send pictures of any other um, northern bald ibises that they might find. Uh, the one that has been seen has been named Gypsy, 
And uh, the species is not only considered extinct in Croatia, but is almost extinct in the world. And so um, because of that, this is a really big deal. Um, so hopefully this is the, the sign that maybe the population wasn't completely decimated in um, Croatia. And as such, we'll be able to make a comeback. So fingers crossed on that one, y'all. Turning Red has been nominated for Best Animated Feature at the Oscars uh, for Oscars 2023. So that's pretty exciting. The ceremony will be held in March. And while I personally think the movie doesn't really have a chance because of uh, lukewarm reception and also um, heavy competition, uh, it's, it's awesome to see it up there. And yay Pixar and yay Red Pandas and all of those things. The crazy thing is that, you know, Turning Red is a cartoon. It is a fictional story. And yet the premise of it is still actually less ridiculous than the uh, next story that I am going to share with you. The company Chicken of the Sea, which makes tuna fish um, and has a mermaid as its mascot, has officially launched the 2023 National Mermaid Spotting Promotion. If you happen to be able to prove that there is a mermaid in the world, you can win a million dollars from Chicken of the Sea. And y'all, not only is this freaking ridiculous for many reasons, but if you go to chickenofthesea.com, you can pull up the official rules for the Chicken of the Sea 2023 National Mermaid Spotting Promotion. And it is so ridiculous. Of course, lawyers have to have their way at this, you know, because it's a contest. But there's a whole section in here that is just called definitions. Artifact is defined as a mermaid's trident, shell, piece of jewelry, harp, sea cap, mirror, or traditional kelp weaving. Mermaid is defined as a half-human sea creature with the identifiable head, i.e. two eyes, one nose, and one mouth, and torso of a woman or man or child or individual, and the natural biological tail of a fish or scaled sea-dwelling creature. The mermaid must be capable of living and breathing underwater without the use of artificial aids, such as scuba gear and or other breathing apparatus. And this goes on and on. It's ridiculous, y'all. That said, if you are able to provide Chicken of the Sea proof of a mermaid by the end of February 2023, you too can be a millionaire. Something to think about. Oh, animal, oh, animal, animal holidays. Animal, oh, animal, animal holidays. Hey! All right, let's get into our animal holidays for the remainder of the week. So um, the 31st, which is Tuesday, is International Zebra Day, or International Zebra Day, if you are from places that call it a zebra. And then we get into February. February is Adopt a Rescue Rabbit Month, International Hoof Care Month, Fishing Cat February, and National Bird Feeding Month. I would like to point out to you that there were no months in December or January, and I was griping about this, and now suddenly it's February, and we have four animal holiday months. 
And going along with the there aren't many individual days over that time, too, on February 1st, we celebrate the National Day of the Mexican Axolotl, Serpent Day. Then on the 2nd is Groundhog Day, Hedgehog Day, Armadillo Day, World Wetlands Day, and Ostrich Day. Come on, y'all. Do better. But those are your animal holidays for the week. So there you have it, folks, your bonus, but also regular, but also regular, but also bonus episode of Rossafari Zoo News for the week. I would like to say thanks to Laura Shank and Kristen Dickey, my Red Panda level patrons, and remind y'all that you can become a patron of the podcast for as little as $3 a month by going to patreon.com slash Rossafari. You'll get some really cool bonus audio from many of the episodes that I do and uh, some other cool stuff as well. And I would like to thank and welcome Liz Dunlevy to the team as my latest patron. Thanks for joining up, Liz. I appreciate you. I'd also like to say thank you to everyone who contributed their thoughts and um, stories for this week's two Zoo News episodes. That includes... Anya Keen, Colleen Lenahan, Kim Cooley, Carrie Kirkpatrick, Kevin Williams, Laura Shank, Margaret Johnson, Jacob Newman, Emily Rockbuck, Megan Barrett, Dylan Hoy, Dr. Zoe Vesley Gross, Liz Dunlevy, Taylor Tapley, and Natalie Berry. Thank you all so much for contributing to these two episodes. And remember, friends, the words Newsy Credits Backwards are Steiderk Yeswen. The Rossafari Podcast is produced, hosted, and engineered by John Rossi. Editing and fact-checking by John and Dr. Zoe Rossi. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan and John. Interrupting John theme and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. You can reach John directly on Instagram and Facebook at Rossafari or by email at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Rossafari is part of the Daydreamer Media Network. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.